Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren, I am your host, and today I've got another great guest for you, Mr. Joseph Pruitt. He is the CEO of Atlas PMG, which stands for Product Marketing Group. They have their hands in a lot of different grill companies, one of them being Kamado Joe, where they have a lot of to do with the new Pellet Joe, Pellet Kamado Grill. I'll be right back with Joseph. Smoking, grilling. Getting hot and hotter, sous vide and chilling from fire and water. Hey all, I want to introduce you to a company I just started working with, Fresh Jack's Organic Spices out of Jacksonville, Florida. They're a small, family-run company that's fast-growing. I've tried a bunch of their different seasoning blends and spices, and I can tell you they are all fresh, all organic. None of them contain artificial flavors or sweeteners. None of them have anti-caking agents or preservatives. They all taste like they were just made for you yesterday. Check them out, guys. They're on Amazon in the link below. They have different sample packs, different blends. Like I said, they also have the individual seasonings and spices as well. Fresh Jack's organic spices. Check them out, guys. I love them. Welcome back to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. I am Darren. I am your host, and I'm glad that I have another great guest to, to be on here, Mr. Joseph Pruitt. He is, are you the, you're the CEO of Atlas PMG, correct? That's right. Yep. All right. Uh, tell us who you are, where you live, and all that, and then we'll kind of get into what you do. Right. I'm Joseph. I'm the CEO of Atlas Product Manufacturing Group and uh, live here in Athens, Georgia. I've been here since, oh, about 2009. And uh, yeah, we do a lot of product development um, in the grilling space and a few other markets. So, yeah, you kind of touched on that. Now, you're not a, a grill manufacturer yourself, so you don't make a brand of grill, but you work with a lot of grill companies by making some of their accessories, some of their um, things that are integrated into their grills. How, how did you get involved in this? How did you get this uh, in your background? Are you have an engineering background? Uh, where'd you come from? Yeah. So I did my undergrad at Oklahoma State um, 20 years ago, and I double majored in mechanical and aerospace engineering and minored in art, and then uh, went to the Savannah College of Art and Design down in beautiful Savannah, Georgia for my graduate studies, uh, did a master's in industrial design, which is like product design uh, for those unfamiliar with that field and uh, set out on a career in product development and uh, somehow wound up in, uh, in the barbecue space. But um, it was a bit of a journey to get there, I guess. <laughs> now out of college, did you go to work for a couple of different companies or did you start your own business right away or what happened? Uh, yeah. So uh, right out of graduate school, I'd had a few internships uh, in, in college doing some product development work and out of graduate school, I ended up taking a position down in Central America, um, doing some manufacturing and innovation stuff down there for a luxury packaging group. Um, worked with them for a brief period of time and uh, had a wild ride. And, um, and then ended up uh, taking a position with a, a consultancy in Atlanta, Georgia, doing product development work there um, and worked there for a number of years and, um, and then ended up branching out on my own. Uh, one of the guys that was working there with me, we ended up starting a, a business together 
Um, and uh, he ended up moving to Southeast Asia. He manages our office and our team there. And I manage the office and the team here in, uh, in Athens. So when did you get into the barbecue space? Was it when you created the, the Atlas uh, company or was it before then? Or did you have dabbled in it before? Or? Yeah, we, uh, you know, kind of in product development world, you, you get your hands in a lot of different arenas. You, we did some stuff in uh, medical and military and uh, a lot of lifestyle brand products. And um, through that experience, uh, I met uh, Bobby Brennan and Carrie Coker, who had started a company called Kamado Joe Grills and got to know them pretty well. Uh, two awesome people um, re- really have enjoyed working with them over the past decade. And uh, they really uh, have encouraged us to to dive headfirst into this uh, world of barbecue products um, with our experiences with them. And it's kind of branched out from there. But the genesis really, I, I have to attribute to, to Bobby Brennan um, and his, his leadership, <laughs> I think, to kind of get us pointed in, in the right direction. So did he, he kind of helped you guys along? He, did he come with, to you with an idea and said, here's what I'm looking, I want to do. Can you guys do this for me? Or how, how did, what, what was the first thing that you guys did together? Yeah, the first thing we worked on uh, was uh, with him was a really early version of uh, what has since become a product for them called the iCommand. And this was probably back in 2009. And uh, we were working on this uh, this barbecue controller product with them. And uh, this was before really smartphones uh, had really taken off. There were Blackberries and really early iPhones in the world. But this whole Internet of Things industry didn't really exist yet. And uh, we had jumped into the project with them. And, and the world like changed really fast there in 2009, 2010. And, uh, you know, by the time we had finished kind of developing that first iteration, everything had moved. But, um, yeah, it was kind of getting into that foray with them and uh, developing that relationship. And from there, we, we helped them with design and engineering on a number of their different grills um, and accessories over the over the past ten years. So, so the first thing was the I Command, which is a temperature controller. Right, right. Uh, I had the uh, the CEO of um, uh, Barbecue Guru on a couple of weeks ago, and we yeah, discussed. Yeah. You know, he actually they're the first company that put one of those out, and it was right. strictly analog back then, and none of yeah, this. Yeah. You know, so it was kind of interesting to talk to him about from when he first developed. I mean, the first thing they actually developed was a valve-based thing. That, you know, on the top of the uh, the Kamado, they were working on a big green egg, I guess, back then. And um, it's it, it's changed, you know, it changed iteration before it even hit the market. But uh, just talking about how fast the um, technology has changed. I mean, you kind of hit on it there. You know, yeah. before you turn around, it's it's different. And uh, that's one of the things I want to talk about too: is technology in the outdoor space has changed so i mean we've seen it in the you know inside the home with you know tvs you know plasma tvs i remember when they were ten thousand dollars for a little one you know that if you wanted one now you can get them for a couple hundred bucks you know things like that you know all the different electronics that we have now but in the last six or eight to ten years the outdoor you know area has hit so much technology with everything has to have Bluetooth and Wi-Fi and internet, you know, like you said, the internet of things, everything has to be connected or right. you can't even sell it anymore. Even with the, you know, the grills, the pellet grills now, uh, just within the last two years, 
I've seen pellet grill companies that never thought of having, you know, Wi-Fi Bluetooth on it. You know, they pretty much have to, or they can't sell their grills anymore. So, right. Yeah. It's, it's really changed a lot. And I, I would say we're still in the infancy of trying to figure out what it means, this world, this connected world. And uh, you know, is it really necessary to have uh, connectivity with your toaster and stuff like that? But um, I think the barbecue industry has really embraced it, which is exciting. Um, it certainly makes it more challenging to get a, a new product on the market and make sure it's really working well from a connected standpoint. Um, we really got in on the ground floor with this IoT Internet of Things world, doing a, a number of products across a few different industry spaces. And it's changed a lot, even in the last five, six years. Um, on the back end, as you're developing things, there's a lot more tools, there's a lot more capability, and it, it's becoming more and more streamlined, um, which is, you know, a little bit terrifying on one side, but on the other side, uh, it's, uh, you know, kind of the way the world's headed and, uh, we're just, uh, going along for the ride, but yeah, totally. You've, you kind of have to have a connected, uh, product in the grilling industry now to, to really, uh, get some good traction out there. Yeah, and you have to be really able to, uh, adjust on a moment's notice. Um, that was one of the things I would talk to, uh, the guy from barbecue guru is like, you know, they went from having just a strictly analog, you know, thing that, you know, all you, you know, you could just touch, you know, you had to literally push these little buttons and, to, and line them up to make it work to now a totally integrated system that's hooked up to the Wi-Fi and everything else. And, um, you know, it's just, he, he's, it makes his head spin that, you know, he could come out with something and then two weeks down the road, something else comes out that's even, better i mean and I, I see that yeah. happening a lot so <laughs> yeah yeah you really have to stay on your toes <laughs> for sure just, just when you think you never you know oh there's nothing else i can bring out to the outdoor you know cooking space and here you go right so, so you've you've actually developed a lot of things um especially for uh, kamado joe um you worked with them i guess they were the ones that helped you get started right yeah, so, yeah. They were one of our first uh, main clients, and I would say they're our biggest client still. Um, so, like, you got involved in the, the, the jotisserie for, with them, right? That's The jotisserie is the rotisserie that can actually work with Kamados, which they were the first ones, I think, to actually come out with, with that or right. one, you know, on a mainstream basis, because I know all the big green egg people were buying these up. So, how yeah. is it to work with that? Yeah, it's been awesome. I mean, that's just grown like crazy um, on the jotisserie side. They're uh, they've become a very popular accessory for the Kamado grills, and um, it's it's a fun product. Uh, it, you know, uh, Kamado Joe holds his intellectual property on the jotisserie, and so that's been uh, you know a good boon for them to maybe convert some big green egg users that might not normally look in other places um, to to branch out and come up with. Uh, some some cool accessories for their grills now did you develop that um the way that it's it shaped where it, it kind of wedges down so that you can actually close the uh, lid on that yeah so uh on the jotisserie we uh, we manufactured that we did the design work um for it i can't say that we came up with that concept um that was that came through uh, another venue with uh, kamado joe um but we've uh, certainly been along for the ride and have enjoyed that whole, whole process and uh, did you help develop the new AMP firebox as well? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we uh, one of the big issues with the Kamado grills a number of years back was uh, just them cracking over time and um, dividing that up into multiple parts and uh, 
having that um, be segmented so it doesn't have so much thermal stress in the firebox uh, alleviates those issues um, with with the firebox cracking. And uh, yeah, so we we worked on that with Kamado Joe quite a few years back, and I think that's been pretty successful, a good addition to the line. Yeah, I actually I have a original Big Joe, and I I had my firebox crack, and it's not mm-hmm. just Kamado Joe. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. You know, every every ceram any ceramic grill that has a ceramic firebox, eventually yep. they're going to crack because you right. know, they can't keep taking the the stress of the heat. You know, uh, minus. I think two and a half, three years old when it broke. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if they're under a lifetime warranty, that starts to cost money after a while too. That's right. I, I know they built some of it into, into the cost of that, but, you know, yeah. one of the things I loved about Kamado Joe is that, you know, especially with Bobby, he was always looking to innovate, change things that didn't work, fix problems. Right. The, the multi-piece firebox was just, you know, fantastic. When I got that thing, and I put it together. I said, well, there's absolutely no way this thing's ever going to crack again because it gets right. rid of the, the whole, you know, stress from it, you know, expanding and, and uh, retracting things. So, yeah, I mean, it was just phenomenal. And um, I had, still haven't seen others come out with anything similar to that. So, yeah, yeah. I think they have some IP on that as well. So, um, yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, you know, things like that that's really I love about Kamado Joe because you know, Big Green Egg's been around for a long time, but most of the accessories and stuff are third party. You know, that's right. They don't develop anything new. I mean, I think they've come out with a, maybe three or four things, but you know, the Jotisserie was one. I mean, Kamado Joe had to come out with that, and all the Kamado, all the you know, Big Green Egg people are buying them. You know, right. so, I mean, right. they quad they quadrupled their market. You know, because Big Green Egg can't make that thing, and and it'll fit a Big Green Egg. So it that's was right. smart, smart on Bobby's part. And that's uh, right. Um, now, what other parts of the grills have you helped develop? Was it the, the modular cart part of that? And Yeah, yeah. So we designed the carts, uh, top vents, um, some change up on the side shelves, uh, worked through a number of uh, assembly things on, on the grill construction and how they all go together. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, you're cooking in a big ceramic pot, uh, but there is some good innovation there um, that uh, that's important. And um yeah, we we've supported things like the uh, the airlift hinge, and uh, we we designed, engineered, and we we make the dojos um, for Kamado Joe. That's been a, a successful yeah. and slightly controversial accessory, but we've really uh, really enjoyed seeing <laughs> people use those and um, embrace them or not embrace them, depending on how you like to cook pizza. Um, <laughs> now, now, why do you say it's controversial? Because users either love it or hate it. No, I think it's uh, some people might not want to spend the money on a dojo when they oh, can yeah. just get a pizza stone and throw it in their grill. Uh, but a big part of the purpose and uh, idea behind the dojo is is gathering people together. And uh, we almost called the product, you know, something like the the pizza party or something like that. I say that a little bit tongue in cheek, but uh, the idea is you're not just cooking one pizza. You're going to throw two, three, four, five pizzas in, 10 pizzas in. And so the dojo creates that brick oven experience where you can cook a pizza really quickly and kind of have your family and friends gathered around and, and enjoy your Kamado, uh, in a more interactive way than you might normally do. If you're doing like a low and slow and cooking for 18 hours, um, you can get your, your Kamado up really hot and do some nice, uh, nice quick pizzas. Well, yeah. And like you said, if you're cooking multiple pizzas, you know, as soon as you open the, the lid and take that first pizza out, it takes a while for that Kamado to heat back up. So if you don't right. have to, if you can pull a pizza out 
you know, toss it on the table and then grab another one and toss it back in uh, without losing any of the internal right. heat. I mean, it's a great thing. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, for me personally, I don't have one because I don't do a lot of pizzas out, out on my sure. Kamado. Sure. You know, they're, you know, I do one maybe once a month and I don't do, but maybe one or two. So, you know, yeah. if it's somebody who likes to do them a couple of times a month or, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it's just like any accessory. I like the Joe's history, but there's some people that, you know, don't want to spend the money on a jotisserie. Sure. They yeah. don't like, they don't want to rotisserie. Oh, I can put a spatchcock chicken. That's right. But yeah. I like the rotisserie stuff every once in a while. Right, so, right. Everybody has personal preferences, but yeah, for sure. At least having the ability to have those type of, you know, like accessories is what I love. And you yeah. know, like I said, changes to some of the designs, like adding in the, um, uh, you know, the Kamado Joe has done with the slow roller, working yeah. with the, the Sora on that. And then, mm-hmm. So as far as how do you guys get involved in these individual projects or, or, or parts of the grills or, or accessories, how do you, what do you end up doing? Do you end up manufacturing it? Do you just design it and then turn it over to Kamado Joe's, you know, that they manufacture it or. Yeah. It depends on the product and what's going on with it. But um, some things that we do manufacture for them, we've got a great team uh, in Southeast Asia. My business partner, David Hemming is a Georgia boy, but he's been living over there for the last seven years or so and uh, manages our team we've got some great people there and um so we're making some stuff over there for for kamado joe like we make we're making the airlift hinges we're making a lot of these accessories like i commands and um uh dojos and jotisseries and and pellet joes and things like that and uh, uh and then uh other times uh we're just helping to design and engineer something or making a quality improvement and we'll work with Kamado Joe's um, primary production facility overseas um, to help support them as needed or if needed. Um, but Kamado Joe now with Masterbuilt, they have an awesome team um, here in the States and, and also overseas uh, supporting those efforts as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're all hands on deck and uh, really enjoy the, the working relationship we have with those guys and supporting however we can. Um, so yeah, I think pretty much just about everything you're seeing on this uh, page here, we've we've at least touched, if not have been uh, pretty heavily involved in, um, from a design and engineering standpoint, and then uh, also on the manufacturing side. So I want to talk about the the pellet, the pellet Joe because this is yeah. the newest newest thing that hit last year. It was the big the 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 three models came out, you right. know, which had the aluminum um, the new aluminum side tables, which you had a part in. I assume, and then yep. uh, the, the way the the new uh, carts, you know, are designed differently because they had to, you know, the way they had to redesign the the three model, um, make it a little bit bigger to fit the slow roller in there. Yep. So, I mean, that's a whole redesign. But now the pellet Joe is the biggest thing, and this is what's been. This is one of the things that's going to be controversial. You were saying the dojo's controversial because right. if you've watched any of the Kamado Joe. Um, uh, Facebook groups or forums and stuff, you know, either people are excited about it or they say, I don't know why they made this, you know? <laughs> right. Right. And, you know, personally, I, I love that controversy. I controversy. I think uh, uh, people talking about it is a beautiful thing if you love it or hate it, but Kamado Joe's, I think always going to be a, a charcoal brand company. Um, that's, that's the bread and butter. And it's uh, they're, they're really good at that. The pellet Joe is uh, a Kamado style grill that runs on pellets. And it's just another way to barbecue. At the end of the day, to barbecue, you need heat and time. 
and uh, the Pellet Joe offers that. Um, and what I think makes it different than a lot of the pellet grills on the market is its uh, its capacity to hit higher temperatures you can get up into searing steaks. Uh, we just seared a couple of ribeyes on the Pellet Joe today, uh, get some beautiful sear marks. And that high heat also allows you to really get your grill cleaned out. If you've done it like a low and slow and your grill's all greasy on the inside, you just crank it up at the end and it's like your self-cleaning oven at home. It just torches everything, carbonizes it and makes it really easy to clean it um, with a scrub brush or in the dishwasher or whatever. And, uh, and so there's some really unique benefits to the high heat. And then also you just got really great thermodynamics going on in this grill. Uh, it just sips pellets. Um, so, you know, you have other grills bragging about how my hopper on this grill can hold 40 pounds of pellets. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's a great thing um, on the grilling side. I think being efficient <laughs> is uh, is part of the game. And so um, this grill is uh, two to three times more efficient than your normal pellet grill out in the market. And some grills even up to four times more efficient. So on 10 pounds of pellets, you can get 14, 15, 16 hours, uh, where on other grills, you might need uh, 20 or 30 pounds of pellets to do that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's, there's some great things. It's certainly not for everybody and we understand that, but it's a beautiful grill. It's fully integrated together. So it looks, feels like it's part of the Kamado family. It doesn't have some wonky hopper sitting out in the side, um, or doing anything like that. It utilizes those great Kamado Joe ceramics and, uh, it's a lot of fun to cook with. I mean, you can do some great low and slow, you can do some great high heat searing. Um, and you know, part of the, struggle with Kamado grills um, is that they can be a little bit intimidating the first uh, few times you use them. There's a learning curve there. And I think some people maybe shy away from getting into the Kamado experience uh, because of that learning curve and learning how to control your grill. And the pellet show kind of takes that uh, learning curve out of it, makes it a lot easier and a lot more straightforward. Um, so there's some great things there, but you know, if you're a Kamado Joe fan and you love your charcoal, I mean, stick with your charcoal. It's a great thing, but if you're uh, you know, a Traeger user or somebody else that's uh, into pellets or wanting to get into barbecue, uh, I think the pellet show is, is an awesome opportunity to, to have a lot of fun out, out in your backyard. I've got multiple cookers out on my backyard, so I know there's a, there's a, a customer. There's a, you know, a time and a place for just about every cooker. I've got a flat top out there. I've got... A Kamado Joe, I've got a PK grill, I've got a Hasty Bake, I've got the yeah. Camp, Camp Chef pellet grill. So, yeah. I mean, sometimes I'll, you know, I don't feel like, you know, getting a fire going and, and waiting for it to heat up and all that. So I'll turn the uh, Camp Chef pellet grill on. So yeah. um, sometimes I'll, I like, you know, just firing up the PK grill so I can have it right next to the, you know, if I'm going to just grill in some burgers or a steak or something, you know, it takes me two seconds to get that thing going. No doubt. So, I mean, there's multiple cooker i mean i've never been into this whole brand you know thing or type of cooker there's and, and it's everywhere it's not just in barbecue it's it's in just about everything we do you know you got the ford versus chevy people you know, you know right yeah pick up, pick up truck versus the car guys you know or it's just, electric versus uh yeah you name it diesel or whatever so <laughs> yeah, i mean it's it's just you you're gonna right. have that and like you said there's there's these are not aimed at the diehard Kamado guy who right. likes charcoal and, and real wood. I mean, they're aimed at somebody who wants to, you know, a little bit more convenience, but have the same type of um, 
you know, efficiency that you'd get at a Kamado Joe on, on the, on the charcoal side. I mean, yeah. that's what I like about it. So the way you guys develop this, and I don't know how much did Kamado Joe have in, in, involved in this and how much of it was you guys and how much of it was somebody else. Yeah. So, uh, I approached Bobby with this idea maybe about three years ago now. And, um, he, he was excited about it, but the timing wasn't quite right. Uh, but, uh, probably about 18, 20 months ago, um, they, uh, they greenlighted the project and they gave us a lot of, uh, liberty to, to really jump in and, and manage the design, the engineering on it and, uh, and pull this thing to life. So, uh, we've been working pretty hard on it for the last year and a half. And, uh, we're also doing the production on it for Kamado Joe. Um, and they're just now starting to roll out into the world. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we've been pretty heavily involved in this one and, um, very excited to see it get out there. I think it's going to, it's going to do great. It's going to be a really fun grill for, for Kamado Joe users. And uh, we're just very happy and excited that Kamado Joe's uh, doing this product and, um, and pushing it forward. So now it's a big change for a company that hasn't, you know, really had to deal much. Well, Bobby was kind of early on because they got DeSora involved in the, in the, um, I command and, and all that. They had some engineers, but like with Weber, for instance, they came out with their pellet grill, you know, late last year. And, um, they had never, that was the first thing, you know, that it had to be plugged in with them, you know, I think, you know, that they've never had to deal with software. And, you know, they, of course, when they came out with theirs, they couldn't just come out with a analog pellet grill. They had to have the Wi-Fi and everything because it was already out there. So, you know, they, really a wake up call to them because when they first released those, everybody had really high expectations because it's Weber, you know, they're right. one of the top barbecue companies in the world. And, you know, um, everybody knows who they are and what they are, but they got panned because some of the stuff, the issues that they had with their pellet grill, you know, yeah, people were trashing them, you know, sending them back and they had to come out and fix a few things. So yeah, it didn't look like they had done a lot of, testing you know real world testing you know having people beta tested at all it just uh they had their designers just kind of design it and put it out there right <laughs> kind of gave them a black eye but um you guys it doesn't seem like you know i've seen people using this and 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 firing up and, and i haven't seen anybody really say they've had any kind of issues with it at all so far yeah well knock on wood we've uh you know inevitably with the new product launch you're always going to have some bumps coming out of the gate and there's so much pressure in this industry to innovate come up with something that's different it's not a me too and uh you know i i really feel for those weber guys i think there's a lot of really smart people over there and uh, i do think that they uh gave it a great shot coming out of the gate and uh, i think that they'll end up having a really solid great product long term um but it, it is hard to when you have that kind of visibility to uh uh, to go through a brand new product category like that in such a way that they did. But um, yeah, I think on, on our side, we'll uh, you know, there's, there's things we're still learning about it all the time, but we have done quite a bit of testing. You know, this, uh, this global pandemic has slowed us down a little bit on the product launch. We were originally hoping to have it out there in the springtime, uh, but just based on the dynamics of all that, everything got slowed down. Uh, but the silver lining there is that we did have some more time to test it and refine things and, um, get some grills out to a few uh, users that that really gave us some good insights and uh, helped us make things better. Um, but you know, kind of getting back to the IoT side, the connected side of these grills, 
one of the great things that, that we can do um, with a grill like the Pellet Joe is as we refine and improve upon it, we, we can release uh, new firmware to the grills that, that update them and make them better. So our big goal is making sure the hardware was really solid, really robust, and that this grill was built to last a lifetime. And, uh, and then things like tuning out firmware and stuff like that can happen over time. But um, that's, that's been a big part of our focus as we've launched this, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a challenge. You know, the I command Desora did a, did a good job on that. They did a great job on that. Um, they're a great partner with Kamado Joe as well. And they've been involved with the pellet Joe um, too. They've been doing the whole app development on that. And uh, the, the pellet Joe is controlled through the same app that the I command is controlled through. Um, and so I think, uh, all the experience and, and, um, lessons learned with the I command over the last three, four, five years, um, that we've all, uh, worked through with, uh, DeSora and Kamado Joe have all been reflected coming into the pellet show. So I think that there's, uh, there's some knowledge base that we've built on with all that. And then our company Atlas products has done some other pellet grills, um, over the past few years. So we have some experience with, uh, with pellet technology in general. That we've brought to the table on this grill. That's good. Well, so unlike the Kamado Joe, I mean, this looks like a Kamado Joe when you look at it. So if you right. look at it and you go, well, that's a Kamado Joe, then you walk up to it and you go, well, wait a minute, what's this big thing in the front? And, you know, right. <laughs> so, but it, the bottom part is not ceramic, right? Right. So that lower part is aluminum. It's die cast aluminum. It's pretty thick, heavy duty. Um, and there's a control knob down there. You can see there's not a screen. We did that really intentionally. Uh, the uh, screens break and they also become really dated really fast. And we don't want this product to look really dated in five or 10 years. And so you don't have a screen on it for that reason, but it is a really smart grill. It has a pretty big processor on the inside. It connects to your Wi-Fi, it connects to your smartphone. And so you can still have that uh, experience with a screen if you want it. But, you know, when I'm cooking, when we're designing a grill, we want to be grilling and we don't want to be programming something. And so when I'm cooking, I want to be cooking. So this grill, you can walk up to, turn that knob on the front and your grill automatically starts up and hits whatever temperature, maintains the temperature uh, that you set it to. So we really wanted to clean up that user experience and differentiate this grill from a lot of the other grills on the market. Get rid of that screen, get rid of uh, the kind of the clunky displays that are out there and really have this thing feel and look timeless, which I think is a big part of the Komodo Joe brand um with all the other grills that they have yeah definitely it definitely looks you know like you said you look at it you know it's a kamado joe now the top right. the top part the lid is ceramic though so it gives you that um the the uh, uh thermodynamics that you're looking for on a, on a ceramic grill to right. be able to retain that heat in there like you said that's what makes it so efficient is most of the you know the cheaper pellet grills they're thin you know one ply sheet metal right so it just throws off heat so that they're that's one of the reasons why they're so hard to get up to any kind of searing temperature you right. don't realize that unless it's like you know double insulated or something like that they're right. really hard to hold their temperature because they're throwing it off all the time yeah especially in colder climates it can be a nightmare <laughs> right um, but yeah the, the upper part's all ceramic um, and then the red part on the lower base uh, has a ceramic shell on the inside that's about an inch thick, same as the rest of the grill. Um, but then the outer skin that you see, even the red outer skin is aluminum. And uh, that's a manufacturing thing, um, but it also helps with the therm thermodynamics to um, keep your grill cooking at the right temperature. So your whole inner 
cavity, everywhere you're cooking on the inside, above and below, it's all that KJ ceramic material. So you get the best of both worlds. Now, did you have to kind of, um, how, how did you design the firebox for this? Because I've seen it and it's kind of like a, most of them are round that you see in all the other pellet grills. And this one's kind of like a half moon shaped. Right. So we integrated the hopper inside the grill that's holding all of your pellets. And then we have an auger that's pulling the pellets up at an angle into the firebox. So to get everything to fit in there, we had to move that firebox a little bit towards the back of the grill. Um, but we have a heat deflector on, on top of the fire firebox, and then we have a drip tray. And as your fire is generated back there, uh, we did a lot of work and tuning to get the heat distribution pretty even throughout the grill. Um, so you've got a couple of layers where the fire's coming through, uh, to, to give you a really even clean cooking experience. Uh, but yeah, that firebox is a, is a unique shape and it is a little bit towards the back. Um, but it's, uh, you know, everything's got a purpose in there and it just had to, to fit, uh, the geometry we were working with. So, um, not a lot of extra space in there for anything, huh? Yeah. Everything's, uh, pretty, pretty well integrated in and, um, uh, yeah, making it all fit was, was a challenge in itself. Uh, but we, we made it happen and then just getting, you know, you're cooking 600 degrees up top. You have to keep all of your electronics and your pellets and everything cool down at the bottom. So we did some pretty creative things with uh, temperature breaks in there, um, to keep the bottom of the grill cool and just how we have our airflow coming in through the grill keeps all the electronics and motors and everything nice and cool, but still lets you cook really hot up top. And, uh, you know, if you walk up to the grill and the grill's at 600 degrees, you can still put your hand down and touch that lower black uh, aluminum part and it's cool to the touch. Um, so you're not burning yourself when you're changing your temperature or opening your hopper door. Um, so there's a lot of work that went into that, but those are the kind of things that you know, hopefully nobody even has to think about or notice. Um, you know, if we're doing a good job as a designer, it's those kind of things that, you uh, you know, just are taken for granted. And that's, you know, that's what we're always striving for. Yeah. So I want to touch on some things that it doesn't have that like maybe some of the other pellet grills out there yeah. do. You can't switch out your pellets, right? Once you load your pellets in, they're pretty much in there until you burn through them. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You could vacuum them out, but uh, otherwise, yeah, they're, they're in there until you burn through them. And it's, you know, design, you don't really don't want to have a door built in there, like you said, because you have all, all the stuff in there that fits in there just right. And you've got the thermal, uh, you know, thing going on. You want to make sure everything stays cool. But another thing is it's not, like you said, a big 40 pound hopper, but then again, you don't need a 40 pound hopper if you're, you know, cooking much more efficiently. So I, I think that's a good thing. I think it's a sleek overall design that, that, um, I, you know, looks really good to me. I mean, I, I, you know, I've heard about it for the last couple of years and them working on it. And I was kind of like, you know, what are they going to do? I just couldn't understand. But now that I see it as it makes everything on there makes total sense. Now it is kind of uh, uh, not really deep as far as cooking space goes. So I, one of the things I heard that is the, uh, the uh, Jotisserie won't work with it because of. Yeah. Yeah. We, I don't think we're recommending the Jotisserie on it. You can put it on, it'll fit. But if you got a big chicken or something in there, um, it's uh, it, it's not going to be able to rotate very well. Right. Um, so yeah, the Jotisserie is unfortunately not a a great accessory fit for this. Um, but with pellet cooking, you get a really even cooking experience, and um, there's some uh, 
there's some benefit to that that I think can outweigh the geotisserie, uh, the lack of capability with the geotisserie. But yeah, that is that is one of the drawbacks. So let's compare the convection fan in this pellet, Joe, to the I-Command fan. Um, you know, the, the Kabata Joes are a convection-type cooker anyway, but just not nowhere near as efficient with a with a fan like like most pellet grills have. So is the convection fan in the pellet, Joe, like a lot stronger than the I-Command? I mean, is it more of a convection yeah, we have a lot more control over the fire with the pellet joe. Um, so the pellet joe can react really quickly. You open your lid, you close your lid, you throw meat or food on your grill. Uh, it can react very quickly and compensate and adjust temperatures um, and rebound and, and control. So you have a lot more control because you're not only controlling your fan speed and your fan power, you're also controlling your the rate that you're feeding pellets into the firebox. And so we have all these variables we can play with to, to really give some good control of the grill. The I-Command has a pretty powerful fan. Uh, it's running uh, around 20 CFM, which is uh, moving some some wind. Um, but uh, it, just when you're working with a, a big fire, you don't have quite as much dynamic control. Uh, but I mean, I think uh, it's, I don't want to say that's comparing apples and oranges, um, maybe it's comparing two different brands of apples or something, but, uh, yeah, the, the I command is, it's kind of its own, um, beast in and of itself. And, uh, I think it does a really good job of, uh, of controlling temperature in, in a charcoal grill, um, and definitely doing more of the low and slow side. Um, I, I don't personally use the I command when I'm cooking really hot or searing steaks. I think some people do, um, but it, you know, it helps to start up the grill and things like that. But, um, the uh so from a cfm kind of the amount of air that they're they're moving it's they're probably pretty similar uh but there's just more variables and it's just uh, a little bit of a different dynamic going on with the pellet cooker yeah. and with uh with well that's like you said you can control how many you know how fast the pellets are being fed in there which you can't do you know if you got your charcoal and your you know wood wood uh, blocks in there you're not going to can't move them out and in. So, right. but with the pellet grill, you can, you know, how fast that auger is moving and how, how, how many pellets are getting in there uh, to get that fire going or not go. Right. So, yeah. It's a totally different dynamic. And I think a lot of people, it's one of the things they don't understand, you know, if they're not familiar with the way, you know, smokers and, and grills work when they look at a pellet grill or like, well, what makes it different than that one? Well, because there's multiple things you can adjust with the pellet grills. So it's not just that, it's easier, you know, for convenient for you, but that's, you can control a lot more with, right. uh, yep. with the algorithms and stuff. That's right. So how, how, I know you just started rolling these out, but so far, how much is the demand? I mean, have you sold out already? I mean, is it, are they moving pretty good? I know yeah. this, is, this is a bad uh, year for all this stuff because you, know, you, you never know what's going to happen with the, with the COVID and all that's going on. So yeah, you, they, you know, I think there's a lot of people that are probably waiting and seeing, and um, there's energy and excitement around it. Uh, we've shipped in a few <laughs> containers of pellet Joe's and uh, I think they're all spoken for. Um, I'm, I'm not totally, uh, in the loop on all the exact sales things on that side of things. I'm more on the operations um, side, but uh, as far as I know, there, you know, there's a lot of interest and excitement around it. Um, 
we're going to have uh, a number more containers headed over for uh, the cooking season in the springtime. Um, and so we're, we're actively, you know, still in production on everything. And uh, yeah, but I will, time will tell, but I think uh, there's a lot of interest in it so yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just a lot, like I said, there's a lot of new grills that have come out in the last um, couple of years. And mm-hmm. I think that's, that's what you're looking at too, is not just, you know, coming into a pellet market that's already, it's well established, but there's other things that are compared, you know, competing against the pellet grills now. And with that, you oh, know, yeah. master built having their own, you know, their, uh, their, uh, 1050 and, and 560. Yeah. The gravity series. Yeah. The gravity series that uses charcoal kind of like a pellet grill would, and with some of that same similar type of control. So, um, yeah. And that's another part of that, you know, how technology has changed in the uh, backyard. So, yeah. so let's talk about, so you guys work really good with, with Kamado Joe. You've done a lot of things. You've developed this pellet uh, Kamado, which is now there was one before the olive, you know, yeah. pellet, um, but that never really took off. I think they had a lot of issues, a lot of design issues. I know that I, I saw a lot of people complaining that, they had a hard time, you know, with uh, the ash blowing all over in there and um, not working really well. So, did you guys use any of that? Um, what what you heard about them to throw into the pellet grill? Or pellet yeah, grill? I mean, I, uh, we definitely did our research and looked at what's been out there before and um, kind of previous technologies and try to learn from those as well as we could. Um, but yeah, I mean, inevitably doing a a Kamado pellet grill is a daunting task and. Um, you know, it's, it's a big project to bite off. Uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I, I think I'd be lying if I said that we didn't learn from, from past, uh, past products on the market. So we, we definitely looked into yeah. those things. Well, you're always going to that, that way you can make it better, right? You don't want to make right. the same mistake somebody else did. Hey, all I want to welcome back Inkbird products as a sponsor of the fire and water cooking podcast. Inkbird makes many great different temperature controllers, thermometers, uh, all kinds of time and temp controllers, but one of the best things that they make is their new sous vide circulator that includes Wi-Fi, 1,000 watts of power, and super quiet at a really affordable price. It's one of my top picks for a budget sous vide circulator for people who are just getting started. Make sure you check it out in the link below. Check out Inkbird. Welcome back, Inkbird Products, to the Fire and Water Cooking Podcast. So speaking of that, so you guys are not just working with Kamado Joe now. So you've worked with other grill companies um, and you put out other, other products. Uh, I know you have another separate company and we'll talk about that too, but you work with Kudu grills, which is, uh, uh, I don't even know how you describe that grill. I'm going to go back and share the screen again. So people can kind of see. Yeah. What, what yeah. Kudu are. is an awesome company. They're, uh, uh, their slant is on kind of the South African style bry cooking. And it's an open kind of cooking over an open flame. And you've got, uh, you know, we might in the U.S. call it like a cowboy cooker or something like that. But you've got uh, your coals, you've got your heat down in your fire box there, that big circular tub. And then you've got your cooking surfaces and uh, there's a cast iron pan on this picture we're looking at here, too. And so you can raise and lower your uh, your cooking elements to get them closer or farther away from the fire. You can also swing stuff out away from the fire. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's a really fun, I think very social grill. I've had a few cookouts 
where we're just throwing steaks on there and pulling them off, cutting them up for people and uh, cooking, cooking fries and veggies and things like that. Um, there's a, a lot of fun accessories. The grill's fairly portable too, so you can take it to the beach or your lake yeah, house. That, that's what I was saying. Probably a good yeah. uh, camping uh, grill, or um, you know, take to the beach or the park or whatever. You can cook multiple things on it. To me, it yeah. looks kind of similar to like what an Argentinian grill, or you know, yeah. but a little bit more portable. A little bit. Yeah. More. So, you, so you help them out with some of their accessories and all that. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh, we're helping them on the production side of things, um, making all this stuff for them and, um, uh, doing a little bit of innovation, but you know, they're, they had a pretty, a very strong vision, uh, well before we met them and, uh, had a, a great brand. They're a really cool company. Um, it's been awesome working with them. Um, so. And so let's go down to, um, now you, the hero grill. I've actually seen this, um, I went to a barbecue competition um, right before COVID hit. I think it was like yeah. like a month before. It was like like January or February uh, down here, and there was a guy um, selling these. So, cool. how did how did you come about this? Yeah, so we were uh, basically doing some work with Fire and Flavor, which is another great company uh, in the cooking space, and. Um, we, we came up with this idea and pitched it to them and they, uh, uh, they were really drawn to it. Thought it was great. Um, so we, we developed it out working with them on it and it's, it's basically a portable, um, uh, barbecue experience that you can take backpacking, camping on the boat, whatever. And you get, uh, these pods of charcoal that you slide into your grill. Um, and, uh, and they're really quick match light charcoal, uh, briquettes, and it gives you a really clean, even cooking experience. And um, kind of depending on how you set it up, you can do burgers or brats on it. And you can also sear steak, uh, cook some bacon, you know, do all kinds of things like that. So it's got good versatility. And I think these are starting to roll out uh, into some some big box uh, across the country. They're in, a, in quite a few retailers. You can buy them online currently. Um, but uh, going into next year, they're going to be uh, going to the big box. So. Oh, it's yeah. been a really exciting project to be a part of as well. Yeah, I saw him. He was actually, I think he was cooking up some, you know, brats and hot dogs and stuff on him, just showing them. But uh, it looked, yeah. looked, looked pretty cool. I mean, uh, something you could, like you said, throw it in a backpack and take it with you wherever you go. I mean, if you're yeah. cycling, you know, I know people that, you know, go on these cycling trips, you know, for days in camp and all that. I mean, that's something you can yeah. just, talk, yeah, it's really, <laughs> really yeah. uh, pretty cool. Now, how much of those like uh, charcoal pods run? Um, they end up being, uh, let's see, I think retail, maybe around seven bucks a piece. Yeah. So yeah. a little bit on the premium side, but you know, you, you can very easily spend that, um, when you're cooking with a lump charcoal or whatever, but, yeah. uh, they're fully biodegradable. Uh, the ceramic, uh, liner in there is a material called perlite, uh, which is in the ceramic family. It's, it's kind of a, a puffed glass or like a volcanic glass. And you see it in potting soil a lot, those little white beads. Mm -hmm. um, very, uh, nature eco-friendly. And so when you're done cooking with, uh, the pod, you can stamp it out, put the fire out and the whole thing's biodegradable, um, or eco-friendly, I guess I should say it can, it can go in the trash, but you can also, um, mix it in with your potting soil or whatever <laughs> to, to kind of bring it back to nature. So that's, that's a big slant on that product line is, um, the portability and also the eco-friendly side of it. Yeah. All right. So now let's talk about the spider. Yeah. 
So the spider is something that you guys make, correct? This is your right. Company? Yeah. So Spider Grills is our brand, and we basically have pro a product line that um, adapts uh, to Weber's infamous kettle grill. And uh, this particular one we're looking at is uh, turns a Weber kettle into a pellet grill, and you get the flexibility where you can really easily hook it up or unhook it. No tools. You don't have to modify your grill at all. You can turn it into a pellet cooker. Um, and on the other side of that, uh, you can unhook it and just use it as a regular um, Weber kettle when you're not cooking with pellets. But uh, it's it's been immensely popular. We have not been able to keep this in stock, which has been kind of shocking to us. Um, the, no matter how many we make, we seem to sell them by the time they get here. And uh, people, I think, really love their Weber kettles. And Weber kettles are not really great at doing low and slow. Um, and so this gives people the opportunity to do low and slow on their, uh, on their, you know, one of their favorite grills on their backyard. And it's also, it's kind of your low cost. It's your value play. It works really well. It's really stable, really solid. Um, but lets you get into the pellet experience without having to buy another grill, spend 500 bucks and, uh, you, you kind of can get the best of both worlds. So I would say this is the other end of the spectrum from the pellet Joe, um, from a price and, uh, kind of value standpoint. Um, so it's, it's a very different consumer, but it's been uh, very well embraced. We're really excited about it. We have a few other cool products for spider that are coming out next year um, that I think are going to do really well and, uh, and just keep adding to that line of, of neat accessories and products for the Weber experience. Um, so we've had, we've had a great time with that one. And uh you know, when, as we have innovation that doesn't fit with our other uh, brands and clients that we work with, um, we kind of use that outlet to to put products into the Spider Grills category. So, yeah, well, it's always good to have a, a place to put that stuff. If you come right. up with something, come up with an idea, you yeah. don't want to have to sell it to somebody else. I mean, put it together. But so I, I like the idea of that Spider. I mean, especially, you know, um, somebody, like you said, has limited patio space. They love their their kettle and they like using their kettle, but they don't want to have to, you know, buy another grill that gives them the ability just to hook it up whenever they want to use it as a pellet grill. Uh, right. How, how easy is that to hook up? I mean, does it literally just take like two, two or three minutes to hook it up? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, once you kind of have it set up for your grill, Weber's come in a few different height sizes. And so there's a couple of knobs on the side. You kind of have to set the height to your grill. And once you have that set up, uh, you can install it and uninstall it from your grill in a few seconds. I mean, it's it's really that easy. Um, so it's it's a plug and play type product. You don't have to drill any holes in your grill or do anything weird. Um, you just take whatever grill, whatever Weber grill you've got, and uh, and roll it up to it, and you're off cooking. Now, will it fit any size? Will it fit the 18, 22, the bigger ones? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's all around the 22 size. Currently we, we might roll out some other sizes eventually, but the 22 is, is uh, the most 80% of what Weber's selling in the kettle category. Don't quote me on that, but that's our, that's our guesstimate. And, uh, th this one fits a number of different iterations on, uh, that 22 inch size. Um, so it, do it does not fit every single Weber kettle on the market, but it fits uh, a pretty, pretty big chunk of them. Now, would it fit any other type of kettle? Like, um, let's say the new Slow and Sear, the SNS uh, kettle that came out there, which is similar to the 22-inch Weber. 
Uh, yeah, I don't think so. It's got to fit into this the hole on the bottom. Uh, right. That's one of the air intakes. And so we've really designed it around the Weber. It doesn't mean that we won't have some adapters in the future that won't fit uh, onto other uh, brand grills. But right now we're having a hard enough time keeping inventory just for the Weber market. <laughs> just for, well, the Weber's got, yeah, they've got the market locked. I mean, I'm sure right. the rest of the companies that are in the kettle market are probably less than 20%, you know. The sure, yeah, they're, they're an iconic brand and, uh, um, and a great company. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it just that, that seemed like a really great idea. And like I said, I looked it up and um, – um, before and, and I've seen I've been out there for a couple of years now so and I, I've never really seen them much though on, on the barbecue groups so people must be keeping them hidden they, they don't want anybody to know it <laughs> yeah there's there's a few great videos of some enthusiasts have thrown out there on YouTube um, but uh, yeah I mean there's we see comments in uh, groups every now and then um, you know I'll toot, toot our horn a little bit saying Weber should have done this product instead of the the smoke fire, but right, uh, you know, we can't blame we can't blame them for that. <laughs> or they should have designed their pellet grill around their uh, their kettle somehow, like you right. know, like Kamado Joe did with their uh, ceramic grill, because I think that was one of the things that you know threw them off is that they tried to build something from scratch, and you know I don't I don't want to go back into that, but yeah. Um, He's, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not an engineer, but I, there's some things you can look at and go, why did they do that? But yeah, yeah. Learn from the, like you said, they're going to, they're going to fix it. I'm sure. But oh yeah, it's great talking to you guys about all the stuff that you're into because it's, it's like I said at the beginning, you don't really have your own, I guess spider is your own, but I mean, you don't have a grill cause that actually works with another sure. grill. You don't, that's not a grill on its own, but um, you work with so many uh, providing with the, uh, you know, the uh, accessories and different things that go with these grills that you're in the grilling business without actually being a grilling company. Now, do you think someday down the road, you might think to yourself and go, Hey, what if we took the spider brand and came out with a, some kind of grill on, on, on our own? Yeah. You know, we definitely have had those conversations internally, but we'll see where uh, the tides take us. But for yeah. now we're having a great time uh, doing what we're doing. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, and there's a lot out there right now too. Like yeah. I said, you're not just competing against, uh, you know, especially like with the pellet Joe. You're competing against the pellet grills that come out of Joe's and every other type of grill that's out there now. So I mean, it's uh, just you know all the different uh, products and companies and accessories and all this new technology coming out. You know, every time you turn around, just it baffles me. And I love talking about it, but yeah. It's just, you would never think it would keep, you know, just keep going and keep going, but it does. But uh, I guess, you know, the more uh, things, uh, you know, change, the more they stay the same. We're still cooking outdoors, but we're just doing it a lot more efficient, I guess. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Just different ways to make fire. Well, I want to thank you, Joseph, for being on with me. Um, I'm going to make sure people get to take a look at your website and check out the pellet, Joe, check them out. There's, I know there's a lot of videos out there already, people getting them and testing them out. Um, so make sure you check them out on YouTube. Just do a pellet Joe um, search and you're going to see one of the biggest projects that we're working on right now. Check out um, the spider for your Weber, Weber kettles. You can turn it into a pellet grill. How far out are, are you on those getting them in? Cause you said you're uh, we're getting, uh, we're getting some more containers coming in uh, actually next week. So we'll hopefully get a, a lot of back orders filled and uh, yeah, just try to keep them going 
um, especially through the holidays. So yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, exactly. All righty, sir. Well, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it. anything else you want to touch on anything else you want to talk about before we go. Yeah. Well, thanks Darren. I really appreciate you having me on your show and um, yeah, this has been, this has been great. Um, yeah. All right. Well, good luck. I hope, uh, I hope you guys can keep the pellet, you know, pellet Joe going as well. Hope that goes well as far as the release and there's no bad things to come out of it. <laughs> I appreciate I it. With a new product, but I mean, Hey, you know, so far, like I said, I haven't heard many, uh, many complaints at all on it. Just the ones, the, the naysayers, but you're going to have that. So sure. Thanks again. I appreciate it. And I'll see you. I'll see you another time. We'll talk about some new stuff you're working on. Cool. Thanks, Darren. Take care, man. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. I want to thank Joseph Pruitt, CEO of Atlas PMG, one more time for being on. Check out the Pellet Joe, uh, Kamado Joe's new uh, Pellet Grill. Uh, I'll check it out in the link below. Also, make sure you follow the Fire and Water Cooking YouTube channel, Facebook group, Facebook page, and the Fire and Water Cooking podcast. I'll see you in the next episode.